2: Live from Ballpark Village and the Cardinals Care Winter Warm Up. Round ball fair, backhanded by Arenado from foul territory. He
3: throws it out. What a great play by a gold glover, a platinum glover, an all star at third. Tingham OX is Cardinals Radio.
4: We continue on with the program here on KMOX. We are live at Cardinals at Nation Restaurant and Bar. My name is Matt Pawley. Very happy to uh, welcome on to the program uh, Cardinals pitcher Jordan Hicks. Jordan, thanks for taking some time with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. How uh, this event, like as a player, is it pretty cool to come in here for a few days and all the fans showing up in the middle of uh, January for you?
5: Yeah, it's always nice to come in and do the signings and give back and just go to the smaller cities that you haven't been to uh, around Missouri and Illinois. And. Just uh, kind of give back to the fan fan base. What has this offseason been like for you? Uh, just working every day and and just preparing, trying to get a little bit stronger and uh, just really locking in on my pitch pitch selection.
4: Is um uh, is pitch selection going to become more important with the pitch clock? Do you think like the pitch clock is going to impact how often you can throw a fastball?
5: No, I mean I've heard th- things like that, and I, I really don't agree. 100 percent i think it's just you uh you kind of know what you want to go to and then the catcher will put it down if you don't want it. shake something else or pitch calm and i mean it's it's a quick uh grip change with your with with your hand but it's it's i don't think it should be a big deal honestly
4: okay like the i think some people think about it from uh like an exertion standpoint because maybe it takes more to throw a fastball than it takes other and there's less time to recover Do you oh, think that's okay you're talking about more recovery yeah
5: um no, for, I think it's like a it's a quick burst. So yeah. maybe like you throw a fastball, it's a quick burst, three seconds, and then I, I mean, I think you start to get a little fatigued around the fifteen pitch mark, if, especially at that intensity out of the bullpen. As a starter, you kind of pace yourself, and you're planning on going nine innings. So um, no, I, I really don't think it will be an issue for me. But um, yeah.
4: They played around with you start star, like is that the, when, when you talk about starting versus relieving, is that something that kinda goes into it? Because when you're when you're a reliever you can try to get out of there with, you know, your pitch count kinda low, but as a starter, you know at times there's gonna yeah. be times where that pitch count's gonna go up.
5: Yeah, I like to say like in the bullpen's a little bit more violent. Yeah. Um, you're giving it all out all the time, in my opinion, at least I do, and as a starter you're kinda just pacing yourself as the game goes and using that extra bit whenever you need it in certain situations and also uh just knowing whenever you can just kind of uh, let it let it go in there pretty easy.
4: You're a velo guy. A lot of velo guys. There's the there's the struggle of throwing hard, having command, repeating pitches. You talk about the the violent nature of uh, of being in uh, in the bullpen. How do you go through all that? How does how is that something that you get better at?
5: I think it's more just live repetition, like live game reps, and that's that's a huge part of it. Um, I like to look back to like my 2018 going into 2019 year. 2018 was kind of, I had my walks up a little bit, and then the 2019 I kind of dialed it in, was throwing a lot more strikes, obviously had the Tommy John injury, but that's kind of the trajectory. I feel like I was on a good trajectory at that point, 2019, and this is kind of a similar situation where I'm coming off of a first year back, and then this year I'm planning on like dialing it in and locking in, uh, bringing the walks down, throwing a lot more strikes at High v low So,
4: do you uh do you ever look up at the gun like after? You oh pitch yeah, of sounds course. Good. Okay, of course. So.
5: Yeah, it's it's hard not to. And I just kind of want to know the range I'm in and what I'm getting out of the effort that I'm putting in. So, if I'm if I say, oh, maybe that was like ninety-seven percent, I want to know if that's what I'm getting on the gun. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. Is
4: does the gun normal? Does the gun ever not back up what you thought?
5: A lot. A lot of the times last year, I feel like, but. Then again, it was my first season back, so just getting back used to um, seeing the gun and like kind of like the effort level to to be low miles per hour. But um, no, I like to peak and I like to see where I'm at.
4: This bullpen, the way it's built, obviously,
5: Ryan Helsley
4: is the closer, but other guys are going to get opportunities to be finishing out games. Is that something that you want to be in that mix? Do you enjoy being yeah. the guy and the man when the game is? Yeah, ends?
5: of course, and I always – I don't think it's safe for anyone to say someone's – I think we're all going to go on competing. Yeah. Like That's how I thought about it even when I was 2018 going to 2019. I kind of had an idea that's where things were headed, but I'm going to go work my butt off and, and try to get the spot just, just like the next guy. So is it, I think that kind of – bring some good competition into things
4: okay so that's where i wanted to go with this is how how fun is it to have a group of guys that get along with each other but also there's a lot of competition going on every day
5: yeah helsey's my boy like yeah. I, I love being around him love talking baseball with him he's in the same agency as me so um that, like he had the same thing when i was in 2019 he wanted to be the closer at that time so it, it, i liked i love the competition i think it makes everybody better and uh, i think geo's in the mix too cabby Electric arm, lefty. So I think we have a really good back end.
4: Take me through what it's going to be like for you. Pitchers and catchers report in about a month. What does your next month look like?
5: I'm already down in Jupiter working. Um, my next month really just keep working out, throwing bullpens, um, progressing in my bullpens. Right now it's kind of like moderate intensity, and then I'll creep up into like a heavier intensity, trying to get the velo up a little bit, and then that leads into. Um, Basically live BPs and into spring training.
4: Are there a lot of guys in Jupiter right now?
5: No, I mean, a few, a couple. There's there's five to six in and out. there's There's another facility. They like to bounce back and forth, do live BPs, be around other pro guys and stuff like that. Well, Jordan, really appreciate you taking some time. Thank you. And uh, we'll see
4: you in a month or so. All right, Uh, I'll see you around. Very good. That's Jordan Hicks uh, joining us here on a special winter warm-up edition of Sports Open Line. We've got a lot more still coming up uh, this hour. We are set to uh, be joined by Alec Burleson and Andrew Kisner. We'll take a break and have more in a moment right here on KMOX. Live at Cardinals Nation Restaurant and Bar. It is a winter warm-up, and we're very happy to welcome on to the program, Cardinals outfitter, Alec Burleson. Alec, thanks for taking some time. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I'm glad to be here. I I assume, is this your first winter warm-up? It's been a few years. Yeah, it is. Okay, I I didn't think there was any. I was trying to do the math in my head, and that's always a a dangerous uh, situation. What's it like walking into something like this three-days fan
6: uh, event? I mean, this is pretty cool. Yeah, this is great. Um, You know, obviously, like you said, it's my first one, and, um, you know, just got done signing some autographs and, uh, you know, a couple other interviews. It's great to – you know, see fans and 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 meet them, you know, face to face and um, stuff like that. It's it's just great. What's this last year been like for you?
4: Where you, you get to the big leagues, you're all the weird stuff that was going on from a labor negotiations points. Last year's offseason was mm-hmm. weird. We finally go into like a regular, uh, you know, regular offseason this year. You get to be part of this. I mean, it's just there's a lot that's happened in the last year.
6: Yeah, no, I think. Um, you know last year was great for me i got to you know get a little taste of of the big leagues and um you know i'm excited to kind of build on that uh get to spring training um but yeah this is this is actually this will be my first real legit spring training as far as like dates and stuff you mm-hmm. know i had the the COVID year where there was no we had a spring training but it was different and then you had last year with the lockout so it was kind of condensed um so this 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 will be a good experience I, I talk to a lot of guys about
4: this. I always find it interesting that guys who get to the big leagues, but what's that next step? Like the, after you get there, the goal is to stay there. I'm yep. sure that's been been your your goal in this. What have you done? What does your off season look like? Knowing that you want to be in the big leagues and stay there.
6: Yeah, I, I don't think there's anything different. Um, I think as far as this off season goes, I've done the same things. I've trained the same way. Um, you know same kind of timeline and everything um you know it's worked for me uh as far as you know moving up through the minor leagues and having a really good year last year and I don't think there's anything I need to change I just think I needed that you know that experience of knowing that I can you know play here and I I belong here and um you know that'll really carry over to next year can you talk about your mindset going into a spring training where there's going to be a lot of competition for the the area that you can contribute to the team. Yeah, for sure. And I, I know you know a lot of young guys are going to be playing, especially with the uh, WBC and stuff like that. So there's going to be a lot of young guys playing, a lot of competition. Um, you know, I'm just going to play how I play. I'm going to play my game, and um, you know, it's it's weird because you're you're close with all the other guys. You mm-hmm. you know you you grind the minor leagues with them, and um, so you want success for them too, but. You also, you know, want it for yourself. So, um, But, you know, everybody's going to kind of do their own thing. And, um, you know, I'm going to play my game, do what I can, and I think, you know, let the rest take care of yourself. I was just talking about that with Jordan Hicks a moment ago because we were talking about Ryan Helsley, and
4: he said his mindset is to go into spring and compete to be the closer. And, and you know, yep. Helsley's his boy, but that's, yep. that's his thing. And I think sometimes people – uh, have a hard time like like in real life and like every day nine to five work you're not going for somebody's job and you're your boys
6: with them at, at yeah. the same time it's a weird thing about sports yeah it's weird man it's um you know especially with some of these guys where you know we started you know high a double a just kind of worked up together and um now you're you're competing for a big league job and um it's different man it's, it's different like because you're their friend, I don't, mm-hmm. it's it's hard to explain. Like you're their friend, but you also, you know, you want the job yourself. So it's 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 different, but it's fun. It's fun. You, I was
4: talking with, uh, I think it was James Nail I was talking with earlier because he had a, I think he broke in in 2017. So it it took him a while. Yeah, you had a pretty quick climb. Like, yeah. have you been able to to
6: reflect kind of on how quick you moved up through the system? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I, in 20, so. I was, the 2021 season, um, you know, I, I've realized I've kind of hit a wall ever everywhere I've kind of gone, and um, you know, I went to High A, went to Double A, and then kind of hit a wall in Triple A, um, and then last year Triple A had a really good year, and then um, I wouldn't really say I hit a wall in the big leagues. I just, you know, kind of ran into some bad luck, I think, um, at times, but that's just the way the game is. But um, it's just having that extra experience going into the next year and letting that carry over. How much different is the pitching from AAA to the Major Leagues? Are, they're definitely better. Yeah. Um, it's, def, it's definitely better. Um, it's, you know, nothing you haven't seen before. I mean, you have your outliers. Um, but, you know, like I was telling somebody earlier, it's the same game. Um, you're still, you know, a ball over the fence is a home run. The strike zone's the same. Um, you get four balls, three strikes. So, it's the same game, um, and you just have to take it that way. And, and No matter who's on the mound, um, you just have to compete and try and beat them. Obviously, you play a little bit of first base, but
4: when we think of you as an outfielder and then you think about the outfield group, mm-hmm. it's an interesting group because there's not any – Extended multi-year track records with anybody. Tyler O'Neill had a good year a couple of years ago. Had some injuries this past year. Lars Newbar, Dylan Carlson—they—they—they they, they haven't done it multi-years in a row. It's a Juan Yepes yourself. Like nobody's got that major league multi-year track record. Is it exciting to be part of a group that all you've got that potential to like see everybody take that big step forward at
6: once? Yeah, and, and like, kind of going back to what we talked about. You know, it's a competition. I think you know it's all wide open. Um, you know, anybody can, can you know, take the job. And um, I'm just excited to, like I said, get down to spring training and, and compete with those guys and just see what we got. What does it look like for you between now and
4: we reported we go early? Like, yeah, I'm
6: going to go about a week, week and a half early. Um, and just, you know, obviously because I anticipate to play a lot of games um, with the WBC guys leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I anticipate playing a lot of games. So I just want to get my legs under me and, and, and give me some – You know, a little bit of time to build up. Um, So I'll go down. I don't really know the dates yet, but I'll I'll go down probably a week, week and a half early. Um, Continue to work out, continue to train and stuff until that time comes
4: is this for you personally a really good year for the wbc because you mentioned early just normal spring training you're coming off a year where you spend some time in the big leagues like if you're going to have a year where you're going to get some extra
6: at bats is this a year for that to happen yeah no it's a great opportunity um you know i'm happy for all the guys going to play in the wbc but um you know it'll, it'll be a good opportunity not just for me but for a lot of the young guys that um you know we can showcase kind of what we can do and um, you know hopefully like we said win some jobs do so. you enjoy the grind of sp- I've always thought it's
4: weird with you know spring training is get to the ballpark early be up early in the morning that sort of thing and then once the season gets started you're a lot more night oriented but it is a grind going through that
6: month five six weeks of spring training is that something you enjoy yeah definitely enjoy it um, you know and that's kind of what what I was saying earlier I you know give myself that little week week and a half buffer to kind of get my legs under me because if you don't, you're, you know, you're playing catch up the whole time. So I want to do that. Um, but it's fun. It's fun. You know, it's like, it doesn't count towards your season, but obviously, you know, you're trying to win a job. So it'll be a little bit different this year as far as that goes. But, um, Looking forward to
4: it. Well, i really appreciate you taking some time with us today. This was fun, no doubt. Enjoy no
6: the doubt. rest of the winter warm up, the rest of the weekend. It's uh, good stuff
4: going on. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, Thank very you. good. That is uh, Alec Burleson joining us here uh, on uh, Sports Open Line. You're good to go. So if you're, uh, you're set uh, here on uh, KMOX, we'll uh, we've still got a lot coming up here uh, this hour. Uh, we are going to be joined by uh, Andrew Kisner. He is set to join us here in about uh, 20 minutes or so and then in the one o'clock hour Tommy Edmond, Tyler O'Neill, Nolan Gorman will join us and uh, we also are uh, scheduled to uh, be joined before all is said and done uh, by Dakota Hudson and Stephen Matz. Continuing to kind of keep you updated on uh, what's going on out here. Uh, Winter warm-up will continue through the course of the three days rolling through Monday and also Cardinals caravans are going uh, throughout the weekend. Some got started yesterday, others are going to get started tomorrow. So if you are listening to us right now and you're outside of St. Louis make sure to get to cardinals.com slash caravan and see all the locations uh, that the caravans are going to. They might just be coming to an area near you and it's another opportunity for you to uh, meet some Cardinal players for sure and some alumni and things like that. We will take a break and when we come back a lot more to get to. We're live at Cardinals Nation Restaurant and Bar inside of Ballpark Village. Uh, We uh, continue on with a special winter warm-up edition of Sports Open Line right here on KMOX i <laughs> We are continuing on. It's a special winter warm-up edition of Sports Open Line right here on KMOX. My name is Matt Pawley. Continuing to uh, broadcast live, well, we are at uh, Cardinals Nation Restaurant and Bar. Just a small part of everything that is uh, going on uh, this weekend. And uh, hopefully you are going to make it uh, out here to winter warm-up. It's uh, Everybody was just so excited that this was back. You know, Missing two years of it uh, due to COVID and then last year due to uh, the labor situation situation Finally, able to get it back going. A really, really important part of the Cardinals offseason. And you can argue that this is uh, the the busiest and the most important weekend of the Cardinals offseason when you consider you've got the winter warm up for three days, you've got the baseball riders' dinner that's going to be coming up uh, tomorrow night, and then uh, you also have the various Cardinals caravans that are uh, going out as well. Uh, mentioned earlier that uh, John Moselak was doing a question and answer session uh, with fans and uh we're on the air here so i wasn't able to listen to a lot of it but i've seen uh some of the uh some of the quotes of what he had to say just tweeted out by uh various members of uh the media benjamin hockman from uh the post dispatch uh said that uh tweet out the john Mosellock said uh, my confidence in jack talk about jack flaherty my confidence in jack is at an all-time high it's a year that is important for both sides when you think about jack flaherty there may not be a single player on the roster. Ah, that's a that's a big statement. I don't like. Obviously, what you get from a, from a Nolan Arenado and a Paul Goldschmidt and say uh, a Wilson Contreras, but just as important, just as important as the production as you are getting from those middle of the order bats, is what you get from Jack Flaherty. I think a lot of Cardinals fans are worried, and probably probably rightfully so. The thing that is a worry is how the top of the rotation compares with other tops of rotations across the national league, specifically the very good teams of the national league. Uh, you look at the Padres, you look at the Mets, you look at the uh, the Braves, you look at the Dodgers, you look at the Phillies uh, those are um, those are the teams that you view as being the upper echelon. In the National League and the teams that you would potentially have to beat in the playoffs and I think there is a worry at times that what the top of the rotation is going to look like compared with the top of the rotation for um, for the for, for those other teams if you get Jack Flaherty back to what he was before he started dealing with all the health issues he's right there he is a top of the rotation ace level pitcher and if he can pitch like that and be your opening starter in the in the playoffs um, that's that that's what you need that's what you want and then that really sets up either for them to go out and get somebody who kind of slots into that two spot if they're going to make a move in season or i think it's sometimes and i would include myself in this category sometimes we're somewhat dismissive of what Miles Michaelis can give you, Michaelis is a very good pitcher, and he was an All Star this past year. Now, would you like to add to that rotation just to feel like you've got more going going in the playoffs? Yeah, sure, that's fair. That's a, that, that's an absolutely uh, fair assessment. But I do think it, it it starts with Jack Flaherty. If you are going to be able to put up a starting rotation that can contend with some of the other starting rotations across the National League at the highest level, it starts with Jack Flaherty doing what he has done previously in his career from both a health standpoint, that's probably the most important part but from a production standpoint as well. So it is, it's a huge huge year for Flaherty and he The Cardinals very easily could go as far as, as Flaherty is going to take him because he is the one guy in the rotation that you really feel like at his best can stand up to uh, what some of those other rotations are doing. Uh, another quote from John Moselak. This was tweeted out from uh, Brendan Schaefer. Uh, Moselak uh, being asked about uh, the Cardinals payroll. Because if you remember, when the season came to an end and they did the end-of-season news conference, John Mozeliak did not mince words that the plan was to increase payroll. Now they did increase payroll. Uh, they signed Wilson Contreras to a big money deal, and then the other increases in payroll are a result of arbitration eligible players making more money, players who are already under contract having contracts that pay them more money, like all those all those various things. But at the time, it felt like if, if you're a president of baseball operations and you are saying the payroll is going to go up, it can't just simply be payroll is going up as a result of the contracts and the money that's going to be uh, given out as a result of that. So. Mosaic was asked about that and according to uh, Brendan Schaefer who we have as a guest fairly often here on KMOX said uh, John Mosaic at winter warm-up reiterated that the Cardinals payroll did go up as he said that it would said it might not have gone as much as outsiders expected and conceded he also thought that they'd add more than they were able to do added that uh, extra bandwidth could be spent by the end of the season and I do think that's a huge key for this team and it's why when, when he says things like this, I, I, it's the social media reaction, right? Like it, sometimes you just should not read the comments. Sometimes you just need to not read the comments because people say things, and I'm sitting here going, it's January 14th. I, it, it really doesn't matter what the roster looks like today. And it also, because of the division that the Cardinals are in, if I'm being very blunt about things, as long as the Cardinals do their job, as long as they play fairly close to the expectations of, um, of, of what they have, they're going to they're gonna win the division, and they're going to win the division by a bunch. I don't know who the second-best team in the division is. I don't know if it's the Cubs or the Brewers. I think the Cubs have had a better off season. I lean Cubs versus Brewers, but those two teams are very close. But neither of those teams might win more than 75 games. This is not a very good division. This is the worst division in baseball. So what if you're the Phillies or you're the Mets or you're the Braves or if you're the Dodgers or the Padres or the Giants, you can't go into the season with a roster that is incomplete because if you get buried early, you're done potentially you might go down into a hole that you're not able to dig all the way out of the benefit of the division that the cardinals are in is they don't have to be done with their roster going into the season they are in a spot where this current group should be able to win the division without a problem so then as you get into the season and you hopefully see them do what they're supposed to do within the division, as you do get to that point, then you can really start to assess the team, and you can assess the needs that pop up. We've talked about it a ton. The question marks on this team are all over the place. I alluded to it earlier when I was talking with Alec Burleson. From a pitching standpoint, we just talked about Jack Flaherty. And then from a hitting standpoint, the the pieces that you can kind of – know what you're going to get out of our first base with Paul Goldschmidt at third base with Nolan Arenado, behind the plate with Wilson Contreras. And I would probably argue Tommy Edmund has enough of a track record that you you know what you're going to get out of him as the shortstop. But when it comes to second base, when it comes to the outfield, there's really nobody on the roster that has this year over year, multi-year track record where you can kind of pencil them in for the base level of production that they have generally given you on an every year basis. And because of that, some of those guys, Lars Newtbar, Tyler O'Neill, Dylan Carlson, Brendan Donovan, anybody who doesn't have that year over year, some of those guys are going to have really good seasons. They're going to start off strong. They're just going to continue on. Like I think Lars Newtbar is in that category. I have an expectation or at least a belief that that Lars Nootbaar is going to be able to continue on what he was doing during the second half of the season last year. I think that is relatively sustainable. But there's no guarantee that that's going to happen. So the position that John Moselak is in is he's going to have some time to evaluate this roster, evaluate this team, and then go make the moves that are needed. And because you're in the NL Central, you can take a step back and wait for some things to play out or if you're in the East or the West, you don't have that opportunity because of how good the teams are. So that's where, that's where I would argue being in the NL Central is a little bit of a benefit, that you, you can sit back and wait on some things that those, those other teams can't sit back and wait on quite as much. And look, the, the, other, the other side, and we've talked about this a lot, they signed Wilson Contreras. They didn't trade for Sean Murphy. They had a lot of prospect capital That they were willing to give up if they would have gone and gotten Sean Murphy. They didn't. Those guys are still in the organization and uh, can be used as trade chips if you need to use them. So they they have that. So I think when, you know, going back to what John Moselak said about adding adding some bandwidth as the season goes along, they are in as good of a position as any team in baseball to add in season, especially in the National League the the Mets, the Phillies, the the Padres, I think they have done most of their work in the offseason. Not that they can't add, they probably will. But in terms of adding impact players, the Cardinals probably have as good of a good of a, they're in as good of a place as, as any team can be uh, just considering the way the offseason went on. Alright, uh, here's what we've still got uh, coming up. When we return, we are scheduled to uh, be joined by Andrew Kisner, and uh, still coming up before we get done, Tommy Edmond Tyler O'Neill, and Nolan Gorman will all be joining us, plus Dakota Hudson and uh, Steven Matz are set to be with us in the 2 o'clock hour. So we've got a lot going on. We are at Cardinals Nation Restaurant and Bar. We are live inside of uh, Ballpark Village where uh, winter warm-up is going on. We'll take a break, and when we come back, we hope to be joined by uh, Cardinals catcher, Andrew Kisner. That's next. This is a winter warm-up. Why? Why? If you Why? have
0: T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this. Why? A lot. Why? Every time, your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home
4: we are continuing on here on KMOX at uh, Cardinals Nation Restaurant and Bar. My name is Matt Pawley. Uh If you want to tweet at me about anything that we've got going on here, feel free to uh, tweet at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. That's probably the best way to communicate with us during the course of the program. Uh, as we do uh, continue on, uh, we are very happy to uh, welcome on to the program uh, Cardinals catcher uh, Andrew Kisner. He is getting his uh, headsets on. Can you hear me? Are we in good shape here? Testing, testing. One, You're on. Two, We're good. Right, let's Live on the uh, air. Welcome uh, welcome to, uh, to Cardinals Nation Restaurant Bar Winter Warm-Up. What's this uh, been like for you? I know you've been taking around a few places already today. It's always uh, a fun thing for everybody involved.
7: Yeah, I love the winter warm-up caravan combo. I think it's really good for the players to interact with the fans i think it's good for the fans to interact with the players it's an exciting time it's kind of the event that kicks off our season because spring training is right around the corner now a couple of weeks away and um, i'm glad we're finally able to get back to doing this now that we're kind of through that covid protocol thing
4: yeah <laughs> all right so you say it's good for the players to interact with the fans can you expound on that a little bit what is it about that these interactions that's important for you
7: guys as players well i think the number one thing is when we get into the season and we're playing every single day it's hard for the fan or hard for the players excuse me to really dive in and interact with the fans because we're in and out we're traveling we're we're tight on time but now you know especially now in events like these and like in spring training i know players really like being able to talk to the fans, be a little bit more up close and personal with the fans. And I think that's good for our fan base. That's good for our players because we're really nothing without the fans, the best fans in baseball. And we like to give back and and have a good time. Is there more appreciation
4: for fans now than there was before the pandemic because you had to go through couple years of of not really seeing any of them
7: yeah absolutely you're exactly right i mean playing in an empty stadium is not baseball (laughs) that is something really really weird and you know especially when you have such a good fan base that sells out pretty much every single game all year long when we're missing the that, that that's a key component to our season so when when they're not in the stands it's it's a different vibe what's it like this organization now without yadier molina in it you know, I've I've gotten asked this question a few times, and the way I'll phrase it is, the Cardinal way is the next man up. And, and, and to me what that means is when one guy goes, even a guy that's irreplaceable, the next guy, the next wave steps up. And I think that's something that you have to ask Yachty, but that's something that Yachty learned from the guys before him, something that he practiced for. 20 seasons and something that now he has passed down to the next generation. So I think it's that next man up mentality and obviously he'll be missed especially by the fans, by the players, by the coaching staff but the game goes on and guys will step up to to try to fill those shoes.
4: Your off season what what did it look like? What were the things that maybe you were really focused in
7: on that you wanted to improve upon coming into this year? A little bit of everything. Uh, That's the one thing with With baseball, you can never master this game. So I look at every offseason as a chance to assess how the season went and then make improvements. So I'm making improvements in every phase. Strength and conditioning, hitting, catching, throwing, everything. I try to improve. Um, One thing, though, that each each year I go, I get more efficient in my offseason training because I'm able to understand my body better, understand maybe a little bit better of what I need to do in the offseason to to be a better player, to be more productive. So the efficiency is getting better, and therefore, I think the, the product on the field will get better as well.
4: We found out in the last day or two that the automated strike zone is going to be throughout AAA. So if they're doing it at AAA, that means it's not too far out uh, from the big leagues. That's going to maybe reduce the impact of pitch framing because it's going to be a machine, a robot, calling balls and strikes potentially how do you feel about that? Do you like the art of pitch framing, or would you just prefer there to be that standard strike where a catcher can't really steal one first pitcher
7: it's hard for me to speak on this issue of automatic automatic strike zone or, or sorry automated strike zone because I haven't used it yet. yeah now, I will say the art of catching i don't think will change as much as people think because there is basically a certain way you have to receive a baseball to. Like, give yourself the best chance of catching it. And usually that's the correct way to frame a pitch. So the pitch framing aspect I don't think will change a whole lot. I mean, you won't see guys trying to pull pitches out that are two feet outside. It's like, why are you trying to frame that pitch? But there is a certain way to catch a baseball and present it the right way. I don't think that will change a whole lot. So we'll just have to see how, how this plays out in, in the minor leagues, and I'm sure it's on its way into the big leagues here within the next couple of years.
4: As a catcher, you have a relationship with home plate umpires, and I think there's a lot of respect generally between catchers and, and umpires. You can disagree with me. if you like, Is there any part of you that would miss the, the, the home plate umpire calling every ball and every strike?
7: Yeah, that's certainly a big aspect of the game that not a lot of people talk about is the relationship between the catcher and the umpire. And... You know, umpires do a really good job, especially at the big league level of calling balls and strikes, Uh, you know, contrary to what people believe, like, oh, that's a ball, that's a strike, you know, they do a really, really good job, and the thing is, though, with that relationship, it usually does not matter until that one time you need that call in the bottom of the ninth inning with guys in scoring position and two strikes, and you need that strike three, and that's where all that work you put in all game long working with the umpire it pays off so that aspect will be lost to a certain extent so like I said we're gonna have to see how it plays out and and See if it gets into the big leagues here soon. I've always thought one of the worst things for fans is actually the box on TV because that's
4: it's just a box. It's every. It doesn't matter how tall, how short a hitter is on TV. They're just throwing that box on. So as a fan, you're sitting there, and go, "Oh, that was a strike, or that was a ball." It might not have been. Now there's some better stuff online. You got to like, you know, the, the the stuff we see on social media every day. And I know that does account more. Uh, but sometimes you look on TV and something looks
7: like a ball. It's called for a strike, or vice versa, and it was actually the right call. Yeah, that box is not very accurate at all. <laughs> that thing is, is pretty much the same like shape no matter if you have Jose Altuve hitting or Aaron Judge. So it does give you at least a relative idea of where the strike zone is, but how accurate it is with the ball, where it's actually crossing, and where the strike zone actually is height-wise is, I would say, not very accurate. Um, but there there is definitely, I guess, certain apps and certain other things you can look at that give you a better idea of where the strike zone actually is. Are you excited to be part of a catching tandem with Wilson Contreras? Absolutely. I mean, that's a winning player. That's a guy that has won a World Series, been in the playoffs a bunch, has a lot of experience. And I look at it as a, as a great opportunity for me to, to work with him and, and learn from him and uh, be able to take, a I think, a really solid catching tandem into the season and, and perform well. So obviously really looking forward to it. I know he's going to be starting. He's going to start popping into the complex down in Jupiter. uh, I think after this caravan, about two or three times a week. So, I think we're going to try to start working together a little bit, do some catching work, catch some bullpens, and start discussing these pitchers.
4: Yeah, I have to think he's going to be very, really relying on you because you know these pitchers. He doesn't. Uh, This is probably kind of a different
7: situation where, in many ways, you're going to be helping him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean. I know a lot of these guys, I came through the minor league system with a lot of these guys that we have on the staff, so being able to pass along maybe a couple key pointers that Wilson will kind of help speed up his learning curve of these pitchers. Now he has faced them a bunch, so maybe he has a different perspective, which which might be a good thing too. Maybe I can learn from from what he, he has to say about facing certain guys on the staff. So I think it will be a good relationship, and I'm looking forward to it. How much does um – uh, when
4: you, am trying to, when you bring in a new catcher and um, it, and you have somebody like Yadier Molina that was so long, I, is it good to get eyes from outside of the organization looking at a position that hasn't really been looked at in a while? If that makes any sense whatsoever. I think, well, I think what you're trying to say, well, I don't know what you're trying to say. <laughs> but, is it, just generally, is it good to get uh, eyes from outside the organization looking at things sometimes? Maybe somebody hasn't seen it the same way everybody has seen it for so long.
7: I think there is something to say for that, especially yeah. in the game of baseball where you can kind of get stuck in your way a little bit for, for an extended period of, period of time. And a lot of baseball is different perspectives. And I think you are right when it comes to that, like... Everybody has a different idea of how Adam Wainwright should pitch or how Steven Matt should pitch or how Jack Flaherty should pitch. And that's kind of what I was saying is Wilson has faced these guys. So now we can't, we combine what it's like to face these guys in an actual game setting and then what I know about our staff and and what our pitching coaches know about our staff. And that might be maybe a little bit of an edge that we've been looking for.
4: Which, uh, which caravan are you going out on? Do you know off the top of your head? I'm going to
7: – I think the big stop is Springfield, Illinois. Okay. That's my big one. I think we go to some some, some of these places, I don't know how to okay. say them. Mattoon?
4: Yeah, I think it's a Mattoon. Mattoon? Yeah. Uh,
7: Decatur? Decatur, yep. You got and that Cahokia? One. Yeah. So those those are our four stops. Okay. Looking forward to it. We, we head out tomorrow morning. And um, we have a good group. And like I said, I love the caravan. Love talking to the fans, answering questions, signing autographs, and I know everybody's looking forward to it. Is it good for everybody to see just
4: the reach of this team and how there there are fans all over the Midwest, basically?
7: Absolutely. And that was, you know, this is, I don't know how many caravans I've done now, four or five, three, four or five, something like that. But that was what I noticed on the very first time I did a caravan was, wow, Cardinal fans show out everywhere. Mm -hmm. And that was really special to see. And it's been consistent all the way through until today. So, Um, We enjoy it because the fans do show up. They do cheer us on, and, and, and we do love having them in the stands. Thank you so much for your time, it was good to
4: get to know you a little bit and uh, yeah, we'll see you in Jupiter in a month or so
7: Thank you. That
4: is uh, Cardinals catcher Andrew Kisner joining us here on uh, a very special winter warm-up edition of Sports Open Line here on KMOX. Uh, So we've got uh, a little bit less than two hours left here on the program. Here's an idea of what we've got uh, going on Uh, In the next hour we are going to be joined by Tommy Edman, Tyler O'Neill and Nolan Gorman and then in the Two o'clock hour. Dakota Hudson and Stephen Matz is going to be joining us. Uh, if you've missed any of these interviews, by the way, uh, and we would love for you to be tuned in for the close to five full hours of the program today and uh, all the programming that we will have uh, coming up, tomorrow and Monday as well, and all the various uh, folks that uh, are going to be hosting shows here on uh, KMOX But if you do, if you do happen to miss anything. All you got to do is head to uh, KMOX.com and the Odyssey app and uh, just head to uh, the Cardinals Conversations podcast feed. We've got everything available for you right there. Again, that is the Cardinals Conversations uh, podcast feed. I know a lot of people when they look for stuff, uh, they go to the Sports Open Line podcast feed or they go to the Sports on a Sunday Morning uh, podcast feed. Uh, We're doing more and more with the Cardinals Conversations podcast feed, so that is certainly something that uh, you want to keep an eye on. Uh, We do some stuff that Just exclusive to that podcast feed, and then some stuff that we've got here uh, on the air. And uh, then, uh, but yeah, that's all available for you. So if you can't uh, hear something live, we'll have it for you. Cardinals Conversations is uh, the podcast feed, KMOX.com, and also on the Odyssey app. We will uh, take a break for the news here at the top of the hour, and then coming up at uh, one o'clock, we are scheduled to be joined by shortstop Tommy Edmond, Tyler O'Neill, and Nolan Gorman. They are going to be joining us in. In the one o'clock hour as well my name's matt paulie we're live at cardinals at nation restaurant and bar we are inside of ballpark village and we're back with more coming up in just a moment right here on kmox
1: why
0: why if you why? have t-mobile 5g home internet you might be hearing this why? a lot why every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours why why because your network gives priority to cell phone users why, why?